Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Tuesday is always bonus scoop day, which means Zolgad, the star of the show, of course, is Doogie from Channel 5 Eyewitness News fame and also Scoop Podcast fame, executive producing, as always, for every show so far, I think, Declan Goff. Uh, Dukes, let's start with this one, because I think this is going to gain steam um, as the week progresses, and it sounds like it already is. Clay Helton, two games into the season, fired by Southern Cal yesterday. After an embarrassing loss to Stanford, what can you tell me about the fact that P.J. Fleck's name is already surfacing on multiple reports as at least being a candidate uh, to become the USC coach? Well, it's more real than ever, right, Judd, now that the job is officially open. But even going back to last offseason, a lot of respected national reporters, the Bruce Feldmans of the world, suggested that Clay Helton... It was when, not if, he was going to get fired. Now, I'm not quite sure anybody saw this coming after two games, after one loss. The timing is certainly very interesting. But, yeah, his name is is going to be out there. I'll give you an interesting angle that it didn't happen, but it would have really, really ramped up the dialogue, the chatter here in town. So before USC hired its current Athletic director. They took him from the University of Cincinnati. Oh, by the way, that's why I think Luke Fickle, the current Bearcats head coach, he would be my betting favorite to be the next USC coach. So Mike Bone hired Fickle, and that's why I think, you know, Fickle, now he's got all those Ohio ties, you know, that part of the country ties, doesn't have L.A., California-type ties, but I could see Fickle eventually getting that job or somebody else. I don't necessarily think Fleck is going to be the higher, but I wouldn't be shocked if his agent, Brian Harlan, Kevin Harlan's brother, ends up having a conversation with Mike Bone. But before Bone got that job, USC had interest in Mark Coyle. Could you imagine if Mark Coyle was the current USC athletic director? How juicy would that be? Oh, it'd be reckless. It'd be reckless speculation combined with real speculation. Yes, very juicy. It, it's a nine on the juiciness uh, scale. And, That's I mean, great. heck, Missouri has had some recent interest. I still think if Mark ever leaves, and he yep. really does love it here, his family loves it here, kids over at Creton and all that, living in St. Paul, I think it's the Kentucky job. 
that the Kentucky AD is up there in age. We don't know how much longer the AD at Kentucky will be in place. That if they come calling, his time there with the Wildcats, his relationship with John Calipari, still a pretty good relationship to this day, that if Kentucky had interest, I think that would really pull at the heartstrings. And, yeah, I mean, call it, you know, an early edition of of reckless speculation, which we do on Thursday, because there's a lot of steps there, right, to eventually get to that point of Kentucky extending an offer to Mark Coyle. I'm not suggesting it's going to happen, but I can just tell you my sense is when that job opens, and Mitch Barnhart I don't think is going to be the AD there for a ton longer. So when that job opens, it'll it'll be interesting to keep an eye on on coil, but I don't think he's leaving for any other AD job. On the fleck to Southern Cal rumors and and or outright potential reports that he might be a candidate for that job. In putting the uh, in connecting the pieces of the puzzle together, uh, Darren, here's my thought, and I'm curious if you agree. That job, if the parameters are right for him, seems like it'd be a great job. Like he is, his enthusiasm translates. I think he'd be popular out there. And that program, it's weird because it's not as it's not the powerhouse certainly that it was in the 70s and the 60s before that, but it's still as Pete Carroll showed, if you've got the enthusiasm and you've got the passionate boosters, it's still a really good job at, at which you become high profile potentially. So, I wouldn't dismiss this one. Like Fleck out there seems like a pretty decent fit to me potentially how about you yeah oh i could see it certainly money talks pretty darn loud too i mean usc you know i mean they're about to pay out in a 10 million dollar buyout they have money i mean they are going to pay their new coach somewhere in the vicinity of six million dollars a year i forget exactly Mm. what fleck is making right now but it's not six million dollars a year so yeah i think there would at least be some yeah interest. I don't think PJ is going to necessarily dismiss if if the call comes in. But I'm just telling you, if I were a betting man, and you can certainly bet on the next head coach, I believe one offshore betting site has Fleck as potentially Declan. Is it the betting favorite or the co-betting favorite? Yeah, him and Luke Fickle. Correct. I would put my money more on the Cincinnati coach. Sure. Or, you know, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, maybe James Franklin. Although if you're James Franklin, are you leaving Penn State? No, 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 for no, I'm USC. Not. But no. I think if you're if you're Mike Bone, you? if you're the USC AD, no, I'm not. I'm staying at Penn State. But I agree. I could see him swinging for, for those type of of fences. You know, the elephant in the room is Urban Meyer, right? All this chatter about Urban being miserable in the NFL. Can't stand it. In Jacksonville, it would be classic Urban Meyer, right, if he leaves this soon with the franchise quarterback in place with a ton of cap space. It's not like Jacksonville is that far away, but that would just be classic Urban Meyer if, if he had Urban interest Meyer in take, that job. Why did he take that take the Jacksonville job? I could have told him if he had called me on my cell phone, if Urban Meyer had called me and said, Judd, what do you think about me in the National Football League? I would have said, don't do it, dude. You've had to resign, at least we think, from two college jobs, which you were great because of health concerns, and now you're taking on personnel <laughs> moves and coaching. And by the way, these are grown-ups who don't care what you say. Like, you can't threaten them. Urban Meyer in the National Football League 
is even stupider in my opinion <laughs> than Saban was and Saban wasn't smart like say like Nick Saban is a great college coach but he doesn't have the patience for pros because the pros are like dude I don't care what you're saying and so Saban was dumb Urban Meyer was stupid so yeah nothing would shock me there are you that stupid though when you sign that contract Declan do you have Google right there how yes. much money did Jacksonville pay State, Urban? Is it ten million dollars a year? Well, then go back to the SEC. Go back to college or what? The number know, one pick, so you knew you were gift wrapped. Trevor Lawrence, but he, does, but he doesn't have the patience. He doesn't. Have the, he never. He may loses. not. Yeah, and certainly like, that's like the no steam out there. Yeah, no. There's there's a ton of people like, that will tell you he's he's miserable like, down if, there. Like yeah. if I got a job, if I got a job to become like a a, a scientist, and they said Judd will pay you ten million, I'd be like, I can't take it. I can't do that. Like, know your limits, dude. Urban Meyer, you are going to be – it's going to be a train wreck. And, like, the only thing that slightly surprised me is the reports from Jacksonville are already he can't stand it. We're one game in. I know. One game in. Now, I guess he got mad at preseason losses. How about this angle, though? Remember the whole situation with his wide receivers coach? What did he know? What did he not know about, yeah. you know, heck, the the – Coach allegedly assaulting his then wife. I mean, just sick, sick allegations, right? So if you're a college administrator, can you hire Urban Meyer? But if you're USC, it may be hard to turn him down, that you know uh, that that you're not going to do any better on the field, that you just suck it up, you take the heat for a couple days, a few weeks, and you live with – with a decision, but I do wonder about that. But I also don't think that he's necessarily leaving. I'm buying that he's probably miserable, but I still think he'll be there beyond this year. Maybe not beyond two years, but I think he survives down there beyond one year. So I think we're looking more at Fleck, the guy at Cincinnati, the guy at Iowa State, the guy at Penn State, maybe even the guy at Nevada, some other schools. I just think Fleck coaching USC works and and here's partially why I think his act on on the west coast especially in you know Los Angeles completely works um I think that Fleck if Fleck went to like if he tried to go to the SEC or something Dukes I don't know he'd succeed because I don't know that he's a good enough in-game coach that they wouldn't just start to roast him immediately I think in Los Angeles, though, they'd be like, this guy's great. He's enthusiastic. And if he got the right support system of coaches around him. Well, he would. I mean, he's got that here for the most part. It's not like Marcus turned him down on, I need to hire this recruiting person, that recruiting person. He pretty much has every resource here. He'd have every resource out there. I can promise you that. Exactly. I'm just saying his in-game coaching is really suspect. And, And I think if he went to a great college football conference, which the SEC is, I think he'd get roasted. Like, he'd make enough mistakes. Well, would he get roasted, though? Maybe not him, but would the AD get roasted if the end game to all this is P.J. Fleck? Then, When you look at the total body of work, it is an under 500 Big Ten record. If you're the USC athletic director, can you legitimately sell to your fan base that P.J. Fleck was the best possible hire? I don't know you can initially, but I And I'm a Fleck guy, right? I think like him. I'm just saying, I yeah. think they'd like him I think out they there. probably would I like him, too. Would. I, I wonder, though, the, the Royce theory about Washington. Does Washington maybe make a little bit more sense than, than USC? But I still think we're to that 
point that it's still hard, even here in year five, to buy into the to the notion that PJ Fleck is going to be here for the next you know ten to fifteen years. Agreed. I think it's you know I, I think there is another job. I just don't know which one it is. Tell me this off the off the win, which was far too close against Miami of Ohio on Saturday. Explain to me how you pass for zero yards in the second half against that team. Like what's your, that that to me is a huge red flag. Like this should be a game where you're tuning up and I don't expect you um, to, to go crazy with the pass game, but they had zero passing yards and that's an, that's not acceptable. Like you can't have that. That doesn't work. And it's not like your quarterback's a freshman. He's not, he's been here for like 15 years. What have you heard or what's your observation about the fact that they had zero passing yards in the second half? Well, there were some drops, not that, you know, 15 yards passing or 22 yards passing would look a whole lot better, but at least it, it wouldn't be that that nice shiny number of of zero. Dalen Wright got a little dinged up, no Chris Altman, Bell, but you're right about the quarterback. I mean, we're only two years removed from him setting how many different school passing records? Right? Like 2019. And yeah, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson had a good amount to do with that, but not not 98% of it. I mean, Tanner Morgan had something to do with all those numbers in 2019. And it's a MAC team, Judd. That's what I'm saying. It's Miami, not a Florida, of Ohio. Yes. It's a tune up game. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder about Mike Sanford, right? Like, you miss Kirk Shiraka. What's in many ways. Now? Well, you know what? I talked to Connor Rhoda, the former Gophers quarterback, the other day. Him and Kirk are relatively tight. He said mm-hmm. that Kirk, you know, he got fired at, at Penn State. He thought he was maybe helping out his good friend, Neil Brown, the West Virginia coach, as okay. some sort of senior analyst. But I don't know that for sure. But that him and Neil, Kirk Sherrock and Neil Brown, are so close. They were in each other's weddings. You know, it's like Jerry Kill and uh, the TCU coach. You know, that sort of relationship. So Connor thought that that Kirk was there in West Virginia. But yeah, how about him getting dumped after one year as the Penn State OC? Could he potentially come back here? Or it, or did he fracture the relationship with Fleck or vice versa when he left for Penn State? I think if they made a move or if Mike Sanford had a chance to bounce... That Matt Simon, the co-offensive coordinator, the wide receivers coach, he is next in line to be the play caller here. Okay. Uh, Vikings. Camp Dantzler, a third-round pick, Dukes, in 2020, who started 10 of 11 games in which he played, was inactive on on Sunday against the Bengals. He is now sixth on the depth chart, and there's a report today from the athletic uh, beat guy who covers the 49ers in San Francisco that the that San Francisco has called about Dantzler. Do you think there's a prospect for a trade here? And if so, what does it say that Gladney, your first-round corner in 2020, is gone because of off-the-field things? So that's unfortunate, but he's gone. And now there's a chance that you're so disillusioned by a third-round pick who you spent last year trying to develop that he might be traded and is not playing. I don't think a trade is imminent now as we get closer to the deadline which is still many weeks away depending on where the Vikings are in the standings maybe at that point you listen a little bit more they do have San Francisco on their schedule 
for what that's worth. I'll give you another team, at least pre-draft, that had some interest in Dantzler that could use a cornerback is the Detroit Lions with Jeff Akuda going down with a torn Achilles. So he's yeah. out for the year. The Niners lose Jason Verrett. So, yeah, I get it. The Niners, you know, much like here, much like, you know, in many places, the Niners feel like they are, you know, a, a team that can make a run in January. So I get it where the Niners feel like, okay, we lost one of our starting corners. We need to replace that guy. But I would be surprised if a trade happened, like, really, really fast. Like, I think they'll ride this thing out for a little bit longer. But, yeah, clearly we know that Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd, are ahead of Dantzler, so if the right offer comes in, but I still think the Vikings would wait a little bit longer. And to be clear, at least in my opinion, Chris Boyd is a special teamers teams guy. Like it's inexcusable. Zim that likes him though, fallen. Judd. Zim I'm, Zim's got know, a healthier opinion of him than him? a lot of us. Yeah. When, when I know Bre- when Breland came out, I Chris Boyd played. Joe Burrow looked like I did when I see a prime rib. <laughs> like he's like, I can't wait to throw that way. They, they, <laughs> I they thought you were going to say a surly. It. That oh, too. Sir, oh, uh, surly too. In fact, you know what? In fact, already right there, right there. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to doesn't, doesn't stand, stand show me open can. Standing, yeah. standing Mike Judd, up. we're talking here at twelve twenty in the afternoon. Yeah. Yep. No. 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 But you're right. But um, Zim likes him. But I, I just, I can't get past the, the fact that on the Dantzler thing, I know that the kid didn't have a good camp. He didn't play well in the exhibition games, and I think he disappointed him on special teams too. But like, this is partially on them to develop him. He's a third round pick. And that's why I don't think you can't a trade just punt is on a third round pick. In my, in my opinion, one imminent. year in. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. That's why I don't think a trade is like on the cusp of, of happening. Plus, you think about durability. I mean, can you trust that Patrick Peterson makes it through the remaining 16 games? That Bashad Breland no. makes no, it through the remaining already. 16 games. Yeah, he's I mean, got a bad shoulder. Again. He's already that's a little not. dinged up. So I don't think they're willing to punt on Dantzler this soon. But it is an interesting talker. Speaking of juicy, reckless speculation, tell me what you have on the Wolves because you talked to a guy who is incredibly plugged into the Sixers, Ben Simmons, uh, juicy rumors. What can you tell us as training camp actually approaches pretty quickly now about uh, Ben Simmons to the Wolves or anybody else? Yeah, I mean, in fact, look for the Wolves tomorrow to officially announce the Jordan McLaughlin, Jared Vanderbilt, contracts i imagine there will be some sort of press availability i don't know if it'll be an in-person press conference or a zoom press conference they did make elston turner new defensive coordinator third assistant coach available via zoom on on monday but yeah i mean things are ramping up our friend dane moore says that that leandro bomaro will sign this week which makes sense he's been in town we know he's he's going to sign you know, so Dane advancing that ever so slightly saying, well, yeah, he's going to sign. And in fact, look for that to happen this week, which makes sense with training camp ramping up here pretty darn quick. So like the deal has to get done here pretty fast. But once he signs, they will be a tick below $1 million under the luxury tax at 14 guaranteed contracts. Like, I don't think they're adding a 15th. I said on my podcast on, on whatever day I recorded, I think it was Saturday, that a, a relatively well-known free agent, like if you follow the NBA, it's a name you would absolutely know, is coming to town. And while in town, would love to work out for the Timberwolves. But the Timberwolves have told him we're not interested. This player is actually going to end up working out for another team here pretty quick. So 
you know, he's a legit NBA player, not, you know, not a top five, top six, top seven type guy, but the Wolves don't even have the room, Judd. Like he's a he's a veteran to the point where if the Wolves offered him the minimum, it would put them over the luxury tax. Now, the Wolves could do that, then in season get below the tax. It's not like right. you need to be below the tax at the start of the season. You need to right. be below the tax at the end of the season. So like the Wolves the Wolves in February could trade, you know, like an expiring contract like Jake Lehman. They could move Lehman and get below the luxury tax. So it's not like you can't go above the tax right now. So if the Wolves wanted to, they could sign a 15th contract, go above the tax, then get below later on. But I can just tell you in this particular case, the Wolves have told the player, don't come to Mayo Clinic Square. We're not interested in seeing you. Yeah, so they're at they're at fourteen now. They love Nathan Knight, who's one of the guys on on a two way deal. So like, I think Nathan Knight, who played really well in Vegas, Nathan Knight is going to play some minutes for the Wolves on that two way contract. So you can't help but wonder if at some point, do they eventually convert his contract like they did with Nas Reed a couple years ago from the two way to a standard NBA deal? So I would keep an eye on on Nathan Knight, but yeah. What you're alluding to is my conversation with Brian Windhorst of of ESPN. That occurred last Friday morning, but by the time I got around to to putting it out there, it was it was Saturday. But yeah, I mean, he gave me darn near sixty minutes. Like I didn't expect it, but sometimes you just put the quarter in the machine, let him go. So we ended up talking for like fifty five, fifty seven minutes. Perfect for a podcast. Like if I was hosting a radio show, I would have cut him off at some yeah. point just to get to commercial break. But we just kept going and going and going, he said he is aware of a small market team, would not name the team, didn't want to put it out there on my podcast and then have all the aggregators pick it up, and then his ESPN bosses get mad at him. But he is aware of a small market team, he did drop that hint, that has made an offer for Ben Simmons, but it's not out there. So, like, you it's look not, at you look at the, the wolves or betting the lines. Wolves. No, it's – well, the Wolves, certainly. The okay. Wolves – we can debate, you know, semantics of the Wolves made a formal offer. The sure. Wolves have told Philadelphia, all these players minus Anthony Edwards and Carl okay. Anthony Towns are on the table. Take what you want. We want Ben Simmons. The Wolves want Ben Simmons badly. It's like a garage That's show. no. All but, these things. Like, have the Wolves made a, a formal offer? That's We can debate the semantics so on that. Another but team, Philadelphia another knows where the Wolves team. stand. Yeah, it's another team. It's not It's okay. not the Wolves. So okay. then you start thinking, who is it? Well, could it be Sacramento? But Sacramento's name's been out there. I mean, I wonder if it's either Utah or Indiana. You know, those two teams haven't been out there attached to Ben Simmons. But I don't know who it is. But it just it lends to the idea that... There's more teams interested than what's being reported. And like, you know, speaking of the PJ Fleck betting line with USC, there are betting sites out there, the offshore sites listing the the Ben Simmons odds, and you've got the teams that are that are rumored that are out there, right? Minnesota, Sacramento, Toronto, San Antonio ever so slightly, Portland, right? Golden State Although it doesn't sound like Golden State and Philadelphia have talked for for a while. And, you know, Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland's name is now out there a little bit. And I know Cleveland has interest, but there's probably another team or two. There's there's always another team lurking, right? It's just it's not out there. I don't know who it is, you know, but we're all waiting. Like, it's going to happen. Like, Wendy thinks, Judd, it's, 
It's when, not if. I mean, he didn't even think Ben is going to play another game in a Sixers uniform. That doesn't mean a trade is going to happen by opening night. You know, maybe Daryl Morey plays plays the long-form game here, waits a while, but that Ben Simmons will just, he'll hold out. He won't report to training camp, so it's on Philadelphia to eventually trade Ben Simmons. We're, we're all just waiting on when when the trade will happen. I still think, until I hear otherwise, Judd, I still think the Timberwolves, as badly as they won Simmons, I still think the Wolves are are a long shot at best. Hey, Dukes and Judd, just as we're recording this at 1230 on a Tuesday, Sham's coming down and saying John Wall and Houston Rockets have met and have mutually agreed to work together on finding a new home for the five-time All-Star point guard. So John Wall uh, will be getting out of Houston, but the plan for is him to report to training camp, but not playing games uh, for the Rockets this season. So John Wall and Houston working on facilitating some type of trade, which probably does somewhat maybe connect somewhere in the Ben Simmons. Uh, right, well, but how many well. years remaining? Mm-hmm. Declan, the John Wall contract. It's pretty big. I'm trying to avoid hyperbole. It's it's pretty big. I think it's the worst contract in the NBA right now. Let's see. That yeah. includes Andrew Wiggins. That includes, uh, depending yeah. on what you think of Tobias Harris, maybe some others. But the John Wall contract, <laughs> even with one less year after last year, yeah. expires. It still may be the worst contract in the league. $44 million for this season. And then it's a player option of forty-seven. I'm going to guess John Wall will pick up. Yeah, I'm going to guess option. that. Yeah, he's so, going to exercise the player Wall? option on, on that second year. Thirty-one. Wow. Thirty-one years old. And he's been through a lot, you know. And, and Ryan Saunders, others will tell you they think the world of of John Wall. Ryan's got the the connection to to John's rookie year with right. with the Wizards. Uh, I don't know how you trade that contract. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if Golden State says, now how many years does Wiggins have left? I think also two. All right, so you're not you're not doing that. I mean, it would have to be a team that has a player on a really bad contract with three years remaining where you would say, okay, we'll take back John Wall just to have that flexibility for that extra year. We'll take back one less year. John Wall will give you maybe a slightly better player, but that player has one more year mm-hmm. on his deal. But like... I don't know how the Rockets move that contract. I really don't. Thirty-one million and thirty-three million for Wiggins over this and next season. So two more years left on the Wiggins deal. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, like, if you had to rank nine, worst NBA contracts, you know, Wiggins is still probably top seven, top ten. But John Wall, like, that's one of the worst contracts, if not the worst contract, in the league. And like, I like Tobias Harris, but if you look at Tobias Harris's contract, heck, you can make a case at his age, although he was. Good in the playoffs, really good. But like Paul George's contract is not a good contract. You know, so there's some bad contracts, but at least, you know, like you look at Paul George and say, still pretty good player. In fact, great player. Tobias Harris, pretty good player. John Wall, even though, hey, you know, the comeback from from multiple really serious surgeries and injuries, right? like kudos That's to him for the comeback. But like, I just, I'm telling you, if I'm Raphael Stone, if I'm the Rockets GM, I have no idea how the heck you move that deal. I really don't. All right, wrap us up with uh, rapid-fire final scoops, Darren. So there's a young man. He's one of the best high school basketball players in the state in the class of 2022. His name is a Johnny Lee. He's from Byron, which is near Rochester, south here of the Twin Cities. He has transferred. I had that little mini scoop the first day of school that, that he transferred up here to the Twin Cities. He is now a private school Totino Grace. So he'll play a Totino Grace. At one point, the Gophers wanted a Johnny Lee badly. At one point, 
the Kansas Jayhawks extended him an offer. He had really solid offers. At one point, he was considered a top 100 player in the country in the class of 2022. So on Monday, Judd, he announced he will play his college basketball for Johnny Tower and the University of St. Thomas. He will be a St. Thomas Tommy. On the table, he did the hat thing. On the table, then put it out on social media. He did the hat thing. His hats were St. Thomas, Kansas, and Stanford. I'm just telling you, Jed, I can tell you with 100% certainty, he did not have a committable Gophers offer yesterday. I haven't checked with, with the Kansas Jayhawks, but I have a hard time believing that he had a committable offer. Yes, at one point, Kansas extended what an happened? offer. Well, you know, a kid, you know, plays AAU in the summer, maybe doesn't play up to potential. Like, I'll give you an example, a recent example. Another Totino Grace kid, by the way, Damarian Watson, who actually, I love his potential. I love the fact that he's going to Iowa State. But in the end, he had Iowa State, Minnesota, Vanderbilt. I can just tell you, Judd, when he committed to Iowa State, at that point, he did not have a committable Minnesota offer. Ben Johnson was not going to take him at that point. And I'm pretty darn sure Ed Conroy and Vanderbilt were not going to take him. He had one option, and I'm happy for him. And I'm telling you, I'm a bigger fan of his than a lot of people. But, like, mm-hmm. it's just it's a reminder, and it's not just specific to Johnny Lee or Damarian Watson, that when you see a kid recruiting-wise list all these offers – you got to do your homework and figure out, okay, is that so like offer, had Duke, the minute when the kid commits, the other offers, were they committable so offers? Would that school have taken that kid's verbal commitment? If I had like a Duke hat, um, a Kansas hat, um, um, a South Carolina hat, that wouldn't mean that I actually was offered by those schools. I just bought the hats. Well, but the difference here is Kansas did make an offer at one point. Right, no, I'm just saying. They did. But, but right. But yesterday, yeah, Johnny Lee wasn't able to commit. Gotcha. Put it this way, okay. to Minnesota for sure. But it's been listed that he had a Minnesota offer. He could not have committed to Minnesota yesterday. All that being said, for John Tower and the Tommies to land a Johnny Lee, that's a thumbs up. That's nice. one heck of and a you know recruiting where you can get. Hear him next season. Score North, 1500 a.m., home of St. Thomas basketball. They announced their schedule on Monday. There's no games that really jump out. Now, like, you know, an in-conference game, a Summit League game. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait until January when Oral Roberts, who made a run in the NCAA tournament this past season, Oral Roberts will be in St. Paul to play St. Thomas. I will go go. out of my way, assuming I'm in town. I will go out of my way to be at that game. So I'm looking forward to that. I can also tell you. On background from some people over at St. Thomas, uh, they would tell you that that they need a good five to six to seven years. Like it doesn't happen snap of the fingers as you make this sort of leap, then all of a sudden you're in contention to win your conference to make a legitimate run to the NCAA tournament. Let's give John Tower and his staff a good five years, if not more. All right, all right, sir. Talk to you on Thursday, which is of course Reckless Speculation Thursday, when you'll be back with plenty of more nuggets that are very juicy we will talk to you later dude. okay see you judd bye-bye see you declan bye did you know nissan evs have traveled eight billion miles just a quick trip to pluto and back and what did we learn along the way 
well that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.